The Seattle Kraken suffered their first loss of the 2023 portion of the season at the hands of the Tampa Bay Lightning at Climate Pledge Arena. But Seattle hockey fans, we don't have time to feel sorry for ourselves. We lick the wounds on our way to Edmonton in what's going to be a pretty big matchup in the Pacific Division. And regarding the standings, let's talk about it on this episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say? Happy Tuesday. Happy game day, Seattle hockey fans. My name is Erica L. Ayala, your host of Locked on Kraken. I am also the founder of Black Rosie Media, where we aim to make more space for black women and other melanated cre- creators in sports. So doing my part here by hosting this Locked on Kraken podcast. All right. Last night's game, you know... I didn't say this on the podcast yesterday. I kind of felt like we were due a loss. I maybe alluded to it yesterday when I was talking about our home record, Tampa's away record, but I felt, you know, when I was talking about this concept of trap game, which again, I think the way it's utilized or what I believe the, the definition to be and how I would interpret it is just a little bit different, but, um, you know, I think maybe people thinking Chicago was the trap game and Chicago was a trap game for us earlier in the year, but I was a little worried about Tampa. You come back after a long road trip. We talked about this, the emotions being heightened. I will give it up. Anyone who is at Climate Pledge Arena, you were loud, you were proud. It was fantastic. Our team just it was just the smallest little things. This ends up being a 4-1 victory for Tampa Bay, but two empty net goals. So two of those goals did not get past Philip Grubauer, who had a good game. But of course, that's not going to stop the conversation that we always see on social media regarding Philip Grubauer. I, I really don't know what to say at this point. I don't understand why our guys Don't give Philip Grubauer goal support like they do in this case this season. Martin Jones, I don't know what it is. It's a weird vibe. Speaking of weird vibes, I did not sage. I did not sage the uni when I got back. So we're going to do that on the show today. Uh, I did it right before the last time we played Edmonton on the road and we we saw what happened there. So I'm going to I have the sage out. We're going to do that. We're not going to do it on the the podcast, but check out social media. I will be saging and giving the good vibes to the Seattle Kraken on the road. Let's go over this game quickly. Um, Not a bad game, disappointing in some respects, but um, these are the standings. We're going to get into the standings a little bit later on the show, but first let's go to the game recap. Now we heard Phil, uh, well, we did hear Philip Grubauer talk. He also talked about special teams, but what I meant to say is we heard Dave Haxtell talk about special teams, felt that they won those battles, but there was a little nugget that he said there that I thought was interesting because he said that he felt that 
um, you know, there were times where they should have cleared a little bit sooner. And that really was the name of the game. My boy, Ryan Donato, one time you just saw that he was unable to cleanly um, handle the puck. And that's when Tampa Bay scored. I believe it was the second goal. Um, so the Tampa Bay Lightning did a great job hemming the Seattle Kraken into their zone. Um into their own defensive zone or Tampa staying in their offensive zone. That was evident right off the bat. They really put Philip Grubauer to the test early on. I think it was something like 15 shots in the first period. He was on pace to make 40 saves. We'll talk about the saves in, in a little bit here. It was a quality start for both goaltenders. Um, and, you know, it just – it was a game that the Seattle Kraken – didn't play poorly. I don't think they played poorly. I didn't find myself disappointed, you know, and frustrated after this loss. It was disappointing though, because, you know, I think that if we had cleaned up just a, a tad, uh, you know, a tad here, a tad there, the, this is a winnable game. I mean, a two, a two goal game, essentially, um, for the lightning and we got one back. Vince Dunn talked after that. He felt he owed the, the team one. He uh, felt that he didn't do his job again on clearances uh, for one of the, the Tampa goals. So um, a little bit of a tough pill to swallow. Uh, let's go to final buzzer. This is by Bob Condor. You know, he's talking here um, about Vasilevsky for Tampa Bay, just being really great. Um, Again, Dave Haxtell not unhappy about the effort, but um, did feel that the team came in confident. They just didn't get some things done. And so it's disappointing on the whole, but, you know, it's hockey. He didn't want to blame the the schedule or anything like that. Um, this is uh, so Vince Dunn was one of was the goal scorer for the Seattle Kraken. And Bob Condor writes uh, Dunn scored his eighth goal of the season. Uh, and now has seven consecutive or, or ha now has points, excuse me, in seven consecutive games for the first time in his NHL career. So we do see that there's still momentum building, but now we need to just tighten up. And this is that this is that point where beyond the halfway point, you know, some teams are starting to rise to the top. The cream is rising to the top. Other teams are petering out. You know, we had some teams that were red hot to start. Some have stayed there. Some haven't. So we have to show again, I talked about it yesterday. Are we contenders or are we pretenders? This game doesn't it doesn't tell me something one way or another. It's not a game where we necessarily lose positioning if we had won. And if Vegas had lost, yes, that would have given us um, that, you know, fight for top tier in the Pacific Division. But not terrible, not great, not terrible. Let's go to the instant analysis from Allison Lucan. I told you this was a quality start for Philip Grubauer. Um he performed, quote, well enough to earn his sixth quality start and fourth in his last six games. So again, people using the data analytics and also my own eye test, Philip Grubauer, not necessarily the problem. I didn't think defense was terrible in this game. I do think it has been terrible before in front of Philip Grubauer, but it was truly small things and mostly Tampa Bay 
dictating the pace of this game and Seattle never finding a way to counterpunch, in my opinion. So is that because they were tired? Is that because, I, I mean, it could be a number of things, but ultimately you've got to dig a little deeper, in my opinion. Again, it's a long road trip. I can understand why they maybe didn't come out with the full energy and you kind of feel like, okay, but that's going to happen for the remainder of the season. So something's got to give. All right. Anyway, on the game as a whole, Seattle didn't control play. Like I said, I test proved that they had 43.58% of all shot volume and 42.9% of all shot quality. Those numbers are mainly a victim of the team's play in the first period. So Allison Lucan making the case that Seattle did get a little bit better on the push. If you look at the breakdown again, uh, the lightning scored in the first period. Um, we score in the third Vince Dunn, you know, scores in the third, but then it's just those two empty net goals. So, you know, again, this is, or excuse me, let's go back to post game. Um, I feel like, yeah, I, I just don't have much to say about this game because it was just, it's just one of those games. Um, we, that like they said about Chicago. And I think honestly, Chicago is indicative to me that this might be a loss for Tampa Bay. You get an eight-goal lead, and then you you give them five back. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. So you got a coup de gras, nail the you know the coffin shut, and we we didn't do that against again Chicago. So, um, you know, the, Allison talks about extending the point streak, all this. So. You know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get into this one too much. You know, it, it is what it is. We lost. Okay. We move on. We move on. Um, but coming up here on locked on Kraken, let's, I do want to get into the numbers when it comes to Edmonton. This is going to be a big game for us. It's a Pacific division rivalry. Edmonton is in that four spot. Uh, yes, the four spot in the Pacific division, but we know how dangerous they can be. And they handed us a big old loss at climate pledge arena. We, as Maddie Beneers said, we had fun with that episode, return the favor. So yeah, definitely going to be staging that bad boy today. Uh, cause we need this win against Edmonton though. Let's talk about it coming up next on locked on Kraken. This Tuesday game day episode of Locked on Kraken is presented to you by Bet Online. Now you know that Bet Online is where you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional or amateur league out there. We're talking, I mean, we had everything that you needed for college bowl season for the World Cup. We had you covered. Of course, we have you covered for the NHL season. And if you love sports podcasts, which of course you do, then they are always the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting information. You can head to the website, betonline.net, use your mobile device, your desk, your desktop, your laptop, whatever you got. And remember, bet online is where the game starts. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily routine. We are so thrilled to have you as a part of the Seattle Kraken family. Uh, we're happy to be part of the Seattle Kraken family. I caught up with the team on the road at Boston, which is so much fun. We do have some audio, an audio interview with JT Brown that will be coming up this week. Let's just get through these games, uh, and then we'll settle into that. Speaking of games... That's right. It's a game day. So we've got three game essentials for you. This coming to you by Bob Condor. And again, not, not the performance that we wanted yesterday at CPA. We knew that we were going on the road right 
right out the gate. As soon as that game ended, we got to get hit the road to Edmonton. So here's what we need to know. This is a tied series. And so can we show that we are, again, playoff contenders? You see it right there in the title, the subtitle. Uh, can we show that we're playoff contenders? What's it going to take? 6 p.m. PT puck drop. So we're back to a more normal schedule. Yesterday, of course, was a national holiday, Martin Luther King Day. We saw that, J- speaking of JT Brown, the Brown family, uh, Lexi Brown brought her children to the game. Uh, it looks like they didn't get a T-shirt in the T-shirt toss, but... I got a, I got a feeling they probably got a plug, right? Anyway, uh, here we go. This is going to be a, a good one. More intense getting to the net. I like this as the first one. There was a lethargy to our offense. I Vince Dunn talked about it a little bit, felt that maybe they weren't really taking the opportunities to shoot. You know, Eddie Olchek loved to hear that one. But yeah, they were they were a little uh, pensive, tentative. You know, it wasn't sharp and clean. And, and you know, it, sometimes I, I just got back off of a road trip. Um, and I wasn't playing hockey games. I was working hockey games. But you get home and everything, all the systems and everything, all that adrenaline that you had on the road, it sometimes just dissipates. You want to sit and you want to relax and you want to be home. And this was a tough game against Tampa. And then knowing that they go right back on the road for them to kind of conserve the energy offensively. So I don't know. Uh, anyway. The lone cracking goal against the Tampa Bay Lightning featured a couple of cracking bodies disrupting Vasilevsky's sightline on a Vince Dunn shot from inside the blue line. This is exactly right. Even if you're not feeling the energy offensively, get bodies to the net. Good things happen. They pop off of shoulders, off of skates, off of who knows, and you just mess with those sight lines. So I love that. Um Bob mentioned this, and if they're not necessarily feeling the energy, which again, totally understandable, but then you have to figure out, okay, this is the game that we want to play. We're not able to play that at a hundred percent. How, how do we give 100% of what we do have? And then how do we offset what we don't have and find another aspect and element of our game? So I like that Bob Condor is talking about that. Number two, sticking to it. Um, So now this is about forechecking and disruption, stick on stick, making sure you have an active stick, making sure you're cutting off lanes, but then also doing that, not just to disrupt passes and maybe make it a little easier on your goaltender, but also using that to create offense the other way. On Monday, Jared McCann set a personal high for four takeaways while rookie Matty Beneers continues to get his stick on opponent's puck carries, including more than once doing so on the Tampa star Nikita Kucherov. Daniel Sprung, uh, he of the elite shot, (laughs) that's actually hilarious, has looked consistently active and effective in all three zones. Ditto for newcomer Ellie Tolvanen. So I like this idea. Again, those are things, those are little things that you can do. If you're not completely sharp in what you consider your A game, find another way to impact. Starting uh, to slot in. All right. The Oilers are rested, awaiting the Kraken with a healthy Leon Dreisaitl, feeling better about his physical condition and scoring touch. He scored four goals in the last three wins, including two versus the first place Vegas Golden Knights. Um, I think we're finding our game a little bit, Drysdale said to Sportsnet. I think guys individually are starting to slot into where they're most successful. That goes a long way. 
You don't love to hear that Edmonton slotting in when perhaps there's a little bit of a disruption and a chink in the chain for the Seattle Kraken. I do like this, generally speaking, though. Uh, some people call it aces in places. Leon Dreisaitl, now he did come back for, I believe it was that second game in Edmonton. So we shouldn't be too worried about that if he is finding his stride as comparative to the last time we caught him on the front end of our last road trip. Then, of course, that's something that we have to contend with, but we're going to need to do that anyway. So let's take you to um, just some other notes that we should know going into tonight's game. You know I like to do the head-to-head here. Here we go. The Seattle Kraken are 26-13-4 going into this game, while the Oilers are 24-18-3. They have 51 points on the season, the Seattle Kraken with 56 points. Our away record continues to be a bright spot. We are 16-4-2. The Edmonton Oilers 10-11-2 at home. So that's an opportunity for us. That is an opportunity for us. Um, I want to see Seattle really be able to take advantage. They have some players for us to watch here. This is per the Seattle Kraken notes. Uh, the players to watch, um, as I come out of this, players to watch, they have Martin Jones. And why the heck not? Didn't talk about this yesterday, but he was named the NHL's first star of the week for January 9th through 15th after posting a 3-0-0 record, a 9-3-3 save percentage. So uh, Jones enters today's game having won his last seven games going back to January 1 against the New York Islanders. His current seven-game win streak is the longest active win streak in the NHL. More than likely, we see Martin Jones again, and I'm okay with that. Tyson Barry, 45 games played, has five goals, 27 assists, 32 points overall. So this is something that Seattle really needs to focus on. I like that they have Tyson Barry for the Oilers. He's he's obviously a facilitator, 27 assists, uh, 27 of his 32 points coming from Apples. And the Seattle Kraken puck watch. Whether it's Martin Jones or Philip Grubauer, they definitely tend to puck watch, especially when they're really tight in on um, on their goaltender, on their netminder, really getting pushed into the crease as opposed to pushing out the offense. So I think if the Seattle Kraken create um, or can minimize the space and really broaden their reach while also doing what we heard on the road they did well, which is cycle. And you heard at times that uh, I think it was Nick Olchek breaking down one of Matty Benier's goals, saying that he actually started that from the blue line and was in position because one of his defenders swooped down. And so filling in space, but also creating um, and and make swelling the defense of the Seattle Kraken so that the Edmonton Oilers don't have have as much space to operate is what I would really like to see for our guys. Uh, we didn't really talk about this, but Jaden Schwartz is with an undisclosed injury. He's uh, He's been out the last two games and is considered day-to-day. Jonas Donskoy has missed 43 games, and they still have him as day-to-day, so not really sure what's going on there. And Chris Drieger is month-to-month. We... Um, So we did see that the Seattle Kraken recalled John Hayden from Coachella Valley. Um, We have extra roster space. And again, with uh, Schwartz potentially out, what we've seen is that that has created space where Morgan Geeky and 
um, Ryan Donato can be in the lineup. So we'll see what changes Seattle makes there. Um, before we close out here, you know, I like to give you a sense of when we should look to see, um, you know, I like to look at, uh, the splits, uh, at the periods, if we're trailing, if we're leading, if it's tied. So our best chance is here. If we are leading after one period, it's pretty much knotted up. 11-2-1 for Seattle, 11-3-1 for Edmonton. So I do think that although we know Seattle can really get things going, and Allison Lucan mentioned this on the broadcast yesterday, we know the Seattle Kraken like to have a strong second period. They really need to make sure they have a strong first and uh, we don't want Edmonton leading after the first period, just given these numbers. Because if we, if you look at our numbers, if we're trailing after one, we're four, eight, and one, and the Edmonton Oilers are six, nine, and zero. Oh. So again, first period critically important. Leading after two, eighteen, one, and two, and then if we're trailing after two, we're two, ten, and zero. Oh. So the odds get even worse. We really want to make sure for the Seattle Kraken that we are doing what we need to do. The odds are not great for Edmonton either. If they're trailing after two periods, 3-15 and 1. 15 losses. Yeah, we'll take that. So again, making sure we have the lead early in the game is going to be critical. Uh, they, the, that being, of course, the Edmonton Oilers are 15-1 and 2 when leading after two periods. So just something to keep in mind. But coming up, let's get you over to some Kraken news. What's Kraken? I mentioned, obviously, uh, first star of the week, Martin Jones. We're likely going to see him in net. The Seattle Kraken will not be skating this morning. And uh, uh, Dave Haxtell will only talk just before game time. He was a little bit cryptic with the roster yesterday. Uh, you know, it seemed a little bit punchy. That was also another indication, if, you, if I'm being honest for me, that, you know, he's saying we're all right, but they're tired. Um, anyway, so we'll see what we get just before puck drop. Uh, but let's talk about some news, even outside of tonight's game, uh, that's happening in our What's Cracking when we get back. In our What's Cracking uh, segment coming up, Unlocked on Kraken. Right now, I want to make sure you know that this episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by Athletic Greens. And now this is something that I use, I mean, almost every day when I'm on the road, and that is Athletic Green, their AG1. And I'm on the road a lot. It's tough to get the nutrients that you need. And in just one scoop, I can get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens by just taking one scoop of Athletic Greens and eight ounces of water. They even gave me a great little uh, bottle that I can use. I take it on the road with me. I love that I was able to get some travel packs, and those are easily my favorite. Now I portion things out, but the travel packs, you rip it, you drop it in the water, you shake it and you're good to go. Um, but when you have that one scoop or that one pack of athletic greens, again, you're getting those 70 high, 75 high quality vitamins. This is helpful for your immune system, which is important when you're on the road, your nervous system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and even aging. So you get all of the things. I love also that the Athletic Greens founder knows the pain of trying to be healthy and have wellness as a part of your journey and all of the supplements and the, the minerals and the new, like they add up if you're doing them all individually. 
but for less than $3 a day, you can get everything in one scoop. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of the immune-supporting vitamin D little droplet, and you get those five travel packs that I love so much. This all comes with your first order. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It's great tasting too. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily routine. I appreciate you so much. I've been here since the beginning, the inception of this podcast, and we've been having a lot of fun. You know I keep it real. There came a a point in this season where it was, again, are we contenders? Are we pretenders? Let's stop being Pollyanna about what's happening. I also, though, as you know, say let's not – over-exaggerate. And I do think there's some of you out there, you know who you are. It's one thing to be a fan of someone. I'm a Ryan Donato fan. He can do no harm in my eyes. But if he does mess up, and I think he did have a bad turnover in yesterday's game, I'm going to talk about it. Doesn't mean I love him any less. Doesn't mean that, uh, you know, I'm going to burn his jersey. It just means that he made a mistake because he is a human. And hockey is a game, people. So, Again, I am not a card-carrying member of the Philip Grubauer fan clubs of any kind, but he's our guy. And if you look at how the game is being played, he did what he had to do to get a win. The team did not give him goals. So check yourself before you sound just kind of ridiculous on social media. That's just my advice. Do what you got to do with it. Anyway, I wanted to take you around the horn. What's cracking? So... I talked about this, this beautiful lunch pail team that we have. They got to get into the sandpaper a little bit more, the piss and vinegar. But the J.V. Jones hat, this was a really cool article. Um, If you haven't checked it out, go over to um, the Seattle Kraken website. I'll also put the the link up for you. But the the traveling hat and, you know, Jerry Bruckheimer and all those connections – I, 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 we've talked about the Davy Jones hat, but there's another article there a little bit more about how and who was involved in the Seattle Kraken really making it about the effort. That being said, I'm a little bit surprised that Maddie Beneers has only received the special Davy Jones hat one time. Like, how is that even possible? He's the hardest working guy we have on this squad. Let me just show this to you real quick so you can see it. Show this to you real quick so you can see it. I just, what? How does he not have it? So if you look, scroll down on the article, uh, it has a little traveling case, which is super cute. And there goes Maddie B getting it uh, on December 11th. But then look at the stats. How is Maddie B, how does he only have the hat one time? Now, granted. You get, you only get the hat or the hat is only gifted after a win. 
Maybe that has something to do with it. But Maddie Beniers has been critical in many a wins. And yes, I know that they want to get it away from goals, assists, but this kid works hard. So my uh, campaign for uh, Maddie Beniers for more Davy Jones, but you see that only a handful of guys have won it three times. That being Yanni Gord, or excuse me, only one person has won it three times. That being Yanni Gord, Adam Larson, Alex Wenberg, Martin Jones, Philip Grubauer, and Vince Dunn are the only players to have won it. Uh, twice, and then you have a handful of other players, including Matty Beniers, Ellie Tolvin, and Joy Decord, uh, winning it at least one time. But I, you know, I gotta respect it. The guys know what they see on the ice. They know, and I think it also has to do with you know, Matty Beniers plays the way Matty Beniers plays. But is there someone who did something that the team needed? To get that win, that's kind of how I internalize it and interpret the Davy Jones hat. And just to bring this full circle, we didn't have any anything like that yesterday. Arguably, Philip Grubauer was the most solid player. He had to do a lot for the team. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I said I'd give you Groovy's numbers. Uh, even strength, he pushed aside 20 of 22 shots, was perfect on the power play, 6 of 6. He had a 931 save percentage, people. 931 save percentage. Saved 27 of 29 shots. What do you want from the guy? What do you want? Uh, Vasilevsky, 957 save percentage, pushed aside 22 of 23 shots. Perfect also on the power play. So I don't know. Uh, we also have the uh, skills showcase coming up. Um, so we're on the road against Edmonton. We come back and um, we have the New Jersey Devils on the 19th. That should be a good one. And then Colorado on the 21st. Vancouver. Oh, my. I was going to close out the show, try to be excited. But now I, I knew that Vancouver was on the schedule, but then I looked at it and I got really worked up. If we do not beat Vancouver on the 25th, I, I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm very, I, I want that win. I've said it before, but I mean it for sure. This time I'm going to burn all of the sage. I'm going to do all of the rain dances or whatever the heck, um, I'm going to burn all of the sage. I'm going to do all of the good vibe manifesting for that game on the 25th because I want it. I want it badly. We have to beat Vancouver. It is a point of pride. Uh, we cannot lose to Pacific Division rivals as we're still fighting for a playoff spot. I want that win. So circle that one for sure. Then on the 27th, we have Calgary, the 28th, Columbus. And that closes out the January portion of our campaign. And then the Seattle Kraken hit the road in a big way in February. So we got some work to do. We've got some work to do, folks. Uh, but I, I, I've, I know this team can do it. So what do we do? We hold fast. We stay true. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to Philip Grubauer. Be kind to each other. And it's a game day, baby. I'm going to let's get this going actually right now. I can get the process started, but look for the video um, on Locked on Kraken. We are on YouTube. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. And I will be saging <laughs> the jersey 
because we need it. We need some good vibe. We need some good juju. And I'm going to do a double dose when Vancouver comes to town. That's our show. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily routine. Let's go Kraken. I'll see you tomorrow when we talk about the win. That's right. We're claiming it. We're getting this win against Edmonton. I'll see you tomorrow.